Why be Catholic? I don't know. Don't be Catholic. You're free to do what you want. Don't be Catholic. This is a really good episode yep. so far. It's the moral. The moral is don't be Catholic. No, be Catholic. Being Catholic's good. Welcome to Salt the Earth Podcast. Episode 4. Why be Catholic? Aren't they all the same religion preaching love and joy? Isn't Islam inclusive of Christians? Um, those answers to those questions and more coming up right now. Episode three. Four. Four. Episode, Episode four. four. Oh, my lanta. So you sound smart. Uh-huh. I'm sitting here like, uh, um, you know, the uh, church. Do you want to go to that new Star Wars world? Have you seen it? The one in Disney? Yeah, Disneyland in California. Yes, I do want to go to it. Oh, doesn't it look so awesome? What is that guy's name? Lennox, Alabama. I really want a lightsaber. That's it. What's this guy's name? Okay, I had this in the last podcast going to bug the crap out of me. Kent Hovind. Dr. Kent Hovind. That's his name. Although his PhD uh, has never been published. So we don't actually know if he's a real doctor. He's a young earth creationist. We could talk about young earth creationism one day too. Okay. Anyway. uh, Why be a Catholic, Tori? How about why... Let's start with why not be a Catholic. What is the point? Why not be a Catholic? What is the point of being a Catholic? No, not being a Catholic. Like... Oh, what's the point of not being a Catholic? What's the point of living? So, you could always run down the whole decision tree. Like, you have four options, right? There's, you know, be a Catholic or don't be a Catholic. And there's the Catholics are right or the Catholics are wrong. Okay. So, if you run down that decision tree, this is a big meme. You know it, right? Yes. So, you run down that decision tree. You're either a Catholic and you're right and you go to heaven... You're a Catholic and you're wrong and you just spend your life being a good person. Or you're an atheist and you're right and you die and nothing happens. Or you're a non-Catholic or whatever. Or you're an atheist and you're wrong and you spend eternity in hell. Okay. So, based on that decision tree, the, the greatest option seems to be Catholic. Right. Because the other option, like, your best case scenario is you go, you die, and everything turns black, and that's the end. Right. Which sounds awful. That's the best option. That is the best case scenario. Right. So why not be Catholic? Well, what about to our um, Protestant brothers and sisters who call us cannibals and child rapists and all these other horrible things? Like, what, what encourages them in their faith? And if we have any Protestant listeners, let me know, because I'm not, definitely not trying to bash you guys. I'm just curious, like, what led you to become Lutheran, or Methodist, or UCMC, or First Presbyterian, or whatever you are, what led you in that direction? Yeah, um, so, I think that America has a very different view of Protestantism than the rest of the world. Probably. I think that most 
Americans tend to think that like, oh, Protestants are like, they're like Catholic light or that they're, you know, basically the same. Like you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, Lutherans and Catholics are basically the same. It's just one cares more about communion than confirmation. The other one's the other way. And that's like it, you know, Martin Luther only had one real complaint (laughs) and it was that, you know, communion and the confirmation should be flipped. In importance. That was not his only complaint, by yeah. the way, friends. He only had a couple others. About 94 others. Reasons um, why. But yeah, like I think that um, Americans really undersell the differences. in, okay. With the exception of like Mormonism and like Westboro Baptist Church. These like fringe right. cases of pseudo-Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think outside of that, people are like, well, oh, you're, you know, Episcopal. That's neat. I'm Catholic. That's neat. Right. Cool. Like, that's the end of the conversation. There's really no real discussion. We had one the other day when we we bought a new car, and our car dealer was Episcopal. And Carly said that she was becoming uh, a young adult minister. And he was like, wow, you're really young to be leading a church. And we were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is so different in the Catholic church. Like, just the words that we use have yeah. different definitions. Yep. Like, we're not even starting on the same playing field. No. No. So because... that was a fun conversation, because we basically had to break down, like, okay, so our vocabulary is different. Yes. <laughs> like, right off the bat. And we had to kind of build up from there. It was like, oh, okay, so you're, like, you know, underneath the pastor, but, you know, like, not just in typical clergy or typical uh, whatever, right? Right. So I I think that when you look at other countries, like Ireland, you see a very different relationship between Catholics and Protestants. Very different. Because I think that the difference between the two is a lot more defined in places that have a thousand years of history Mm -hmm. of war between, you know, opposing religions. Well, in my greatest question always is um if you belong to a different church and you're not catholic where do you trace your roots back to because there's so many protestant religions the furthest they can go back is 500 years to the reformation right um if you are greek orthodox or um one of those other um schism groups Mm -hmm. that is totally fine and that's a little different but if you aren't, like, not talking about the Orthodox, um, if you are Lutheran or if you're Methodist or I have a good friend who became, um, who's becoming a minister for the U- United Church of, yeah, UCC, United Church of Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. It's yeah. like, it's building up our the kingdom and that's great and it's beautiful. But where do you trace your roots back to and why and what led you to that route? Because as mm-hmm. Catholics... We can trace our roots back to Jesus right. Christ himself. So how do you how do you become a Methodist and say, well, I only go back to this one guy, but we know that this is truth. Right. I think the Eastern Orthodox is the other religion where they could kind of go all the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there was any religion that like I would consider to be, you know, near Catholicism as far as traditionalism and things like that, it would be like Eastern Orthodox yes. churches. And they're in union with Rome. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, 
I think that, I don't know. I think that I have a lot of trouble because for a long time that, that was what I believed, right? It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's all the same, you know, whatever. But um, there's something missing when I go to other churches. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to all sorts of different denominations and I've been to, you know, the Black Baptist churches in downtown Detroit and I've been to all the different Lutheran and this stuff, all these different little Protestant churches. Mm-hmm. And it's just never felt right. Something feels off right, to me. There was Matt and I were serving as um, volunteers for a mission trip one time. So we were on the red shirt staff. And Sunday before the campers come, we were all went to the church of the co-host. And it was Lutheran, right? Yeah, it was a Lutheran. It was like a it was a different Lutheran. Lutheran. Yeah, it was yeah. a new age Lutheran. And so we had gone in. We went to their service, and it was a beautiful service. They did a oh, lovely yeah. job. Um, and we had talked about before whether or not we would receive communion because mm-hmm. that was a big deal for us. And we said, well. If they're very clear that it's just, just a symbol to them, we can receive it. That's not a problem as long right. as they're not saying. And then he, the the pastor, gets up there. It does like the whole consecration that we do in the in the yeah. Catholic Church, almost word for word, but not explain that you know. This is, this is the body. body. This is yes. the blood. Because they're not Catholic. They don't right. believe that. So we had to sit in the back row. And we had all these people coming up to us and asking us, like, no, you can go up now. It's okay. We're like, no, really. We're yeah, okay. We're good. We're good. Thank you, though. Thanks. And it was just this situation where you realize, like, you, there's so much we can come together in and, and agree upon mm-hmm. and um, do together as Protestants and Catholics. And then there's some things that we just can't budge on. And right. the Eucharist, I think, is the biggest one where mm-hmm. if you want to say it's a symbol, great, but it's not. Like, that's not what he said. Right. Yeah. He didn't say, this is a metaphorical representation of my body. <laughs> yeah. He said, this is my body. Period. And then he said it again. And then, one more time. Yeah. Usually, when Christ said things three times... He was being super serious. Super serious. Super serial. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's always been interesting to me to see the other churches. And I do really love some things that the Protestant churches do. Mm-hmm. That, like, I, I wish... I don't even know if I wish the Catholic Church would do it, though. That's the thing. Like, when we went to that church out in... Was it Midland? Mm-hmm. Um... They had, like, these really cool projectors that, like, projected scenery mm-hmm. on the wall. So it wasn't, like, your typical lyric projector on a on a white background. But, like, every wall became... It looked like you were in a forest. Right. And all this crazy stuff would happen all, all time with the music and everything. And it was beautiful. And I was like, this would be a really cool concert venue was where my mind was <laughs> at. But, but my not... mind was not in, like, a this This is a, you know, church. super churchy, churchy church. Right. And they had, like, what I loved about it, not that I ever want a Catholic church to do this. I just appreciate that our Protestant brothers and sisters can mm-hmm. when they have a coffee shop in their gathering space. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Like, it's really... And it was, like, the was most coffee. hopping coffee shop in the whole town. Oh, yeah. It's a very small town. Yeah, it but, was, like, a one-street town. But it was, like, the hopping coffee shop. Like, I went there every day for coffee, and it was, like, I'm going <laughs> to the local church to get coffee. This is so odd. Um... I think I think we can agree as Catholics and Protestants on a lot. Like we can agree that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Mm-hmm. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in most of the same Bible. 
Yep. Um, we believe that it's important to love your neighbor and love others and serve others and serve the poor. And I think that's all good. And I think that's why people think, well, you can just be whatever you want. Right. And I think that's a problem because... I think so too. Christ didn't say that this is the most important. For instance, the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, the Trinity only exists because the Catholic Church said it's a thing. Right. Like, and I, I think... I think sometimes as people spend so much time bashing the Catholic Church, they forget that the wealth of knowledge that has come from the Church. Mm-hmm. You have the Bible because of the Catholic Church. Yes, our Protestant brothers and sisters took some of the books out um, for several different reasons. We can talk about that another day. But they took out about six of the books in the Old Testament yep. because they didn't believe it agreed with, it didn't align with the Jewish teaching. Um, mm-hmm. And... Those books are what shows us our teaching on things like purgatory. Right. And Mary. And the saints. And stuff like that. And I think that is a huge way that the Reformation has caused mm-hmm. the schism between us. Yeah. And that, that's what it is, really. One thing I've never understood, maybe you can enlighten me. So, there's a lot of non-denominational or Protestant churches that have, are named after saints. Mm-hmm. Did the saints just stop happening 500 years ago? What do you mean? Like, we have saints that are far more recent than 500 years ago, mm-hmm. and we have named our churches after them. They just stopped naming churches after saints. Because they don't believe in the saints the way we do. But they still name their churches after them. Like, like the, after, the, like, St. Saints... Luke and St. Mark and St. John the Apostle. They name them after the apostles. So there's only 12 saints. I don't know. That's weird to me. Yeah, they, the, <laughs> every denomination is different in their belief of the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, they would say, you can't know that someone's in heaven. Where we can say, we can't know that someone's in hell. We don't know if anyone's right. in hell. But we can know that someone's in heaven. We don't say that. Heaven. You'll trigger some people if you say that we don't know if anyone's in hell. But we don't. I know. But Except I like know. Lucifer. And even that, that's a real touchy subject. Because <laughs> the whole roaming the earth thing. Yeah. Whenever um, the we don't know if anyone's in hell thing comes up, there's a lot of people who are like, well, there's got to be people in hell. They get real angry on the Catholic subreddits about that. All right. Well, Catholic subreddit people. We can't know <laughs> if anyone is in hell. And thank God. I would not want to know if someone was in hell. No? That is the last thing I would want to know. was like Hitler. I don't care. I I'd don't want to okay know. I'm okay knowing Hitler was in hell. I don't want to know. Here's my thing. Totally off topic. Which That's is fine. okay. Um... I think it'd be beautiful if Hitler wasn't in hell. Not in the sense of, not in the sense of, I mean, of all the people on the planet, Hitler deserves hell. I don't know if I feel good about saying that, but I think most people will agree, like, he deserves hell. But if he came to the realization that what he did was wrong, and he was truly remorseful for it in his end of lives, and that's why he took his own life, and God shows his mercy in that way, that he's no, like, he doesn't, because of his mercy, I think that's beautiful. I don't know if that happened. I'm not God. I don't know where Hitler is. I do not want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. That's a hot take. <laughs> All right. Two minute hot take. It's fine. Um, yeah. And then I think, so another problem that I've had mm-hmm. that 
you know, pertains to this, is the, uh, we see a lot of billboards, at least in Detroit, I don't know if it's everywhere, that say, like, come meet Jesus in the Koran. Interesting. Right? Or they'll say, you know, uh, Jesus is a part of Islam, right? And so the whole idea of these billboards is to draw Christians away from Christianity and towards Islam. Right. Which... I think that it's a lie on the face of it because while Christ is a historical figure in the Quran, he's not God. Right. He's just some other prophet like Abraham. Right. And so you're drawing people in with this theory that like, yes, you can be a Christian and a Muslim. And then I can only assume that the way that they, you know, when they bring a Christian, they slowly bring Jesus's level down yeah. while increasing Muhammad's level at the same time, and that they just replace him. And it's like, so your strategy of evangelization is lying. I and it's truly I don't know. I think um, I, I think at the face of it, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Because the from what I know of, of the Quran, I've never read it cover to cover. Um, but from what I know, Christ is a a he's not Christ; he's Jesus. Yeah. Um, and he's a minor character. Yeah. In the whole thing, Mary actually, I would say their importance of Mary is a little more mm-hmm. well written than their importance of Jesus. Right. But if you don't believe that Jesus was God and he was just another person, that's a problem. Big. big because problem. how do you explain the fact that he came back from the dead? I'm pretty sure they just explain it with like, you know, it was another miracle in the long line of God's miracles. I, I, I don't get that. I, just, I don't either. I, I, I think if you, if you really want to draw Christians away from Christianity... Find the Christians who aren't drawn to it in the first place. There's plenty of them. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I don't think they're going to be drawn to Islam either. No, because Islam has the same... Actually, they don't have the same issues as Christians do no. as far as gaining popularity. Typically, the, the reason the Muslim population is increasing in certain areas is because there's just more Muslim immigrants moving in. Right. But um, they tend to gain about as many as they lose in America. Right. Based on the latest Pew Research study, which I actually already read that one, so I didn't need to Google it, like, last episode. Because um, that's what Matt does on his free time. But yeah, they, they lose youth and they gain people in the form of migrants from other countries. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's about a one-to-one. Interesting. So I the, did not know that. The population of Islam, it's slowly increasing in America, but it's uh, it's not like it's, you know gonna take over america like a lot of people want us to believe right no i i i think for those people who say that america is a christian nation are lying to themselves as well um america is definitely not a catholic nation no and we're i wouldn't even say we're a christian nation yes we have a large demographic of christians Mm -hmm. but please don't say that your nation is christian because it's not no um and no nation that's not a nation's job is to be how do you feel about the people who advocate for um, a Catholic theocracy um, as a governance? That sounds awful, in my opinion. See, I've had a few of these conversations, and I find them interesting. I don't agree with them. No. Maybe it's because I'm too uh, much of a, like, liberal, liberal in, like, the global definition, not in the American Fox News definition. 
of like freedom is important. Right. Where I, I don't think that requiring church would be the same thing as just church. No. And I the church's role is not to govern. Right. The church's role is in morals and faith, not in laws. I think that a lot of people look back to um like Christian monarchist mm-hmm. countries and they say, Well, everyone was Christian then. Yeah. And we want everyone to be Christian, so that and seems like a win-win. That's where the Anglicans came from, so that they could become Anglican and divorce each other. Right. So how Christian were they, people? Yeah, I, I think when people look back in history and they see how great everything was written, I think we have this huge blind spot for history. Another episode on the <laughs> Crusades coming up. No, let's not. We're not touching the Crusades. Oh, I can't wait. Um... I, I think I think the blind spot is in that historical events always look more appealing than current events because mm-hmm. we always think we are living in the last days. Yep. We're not. We could be. We might be. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, if you look at, you know, we, we know the universe is 14 billion years old and scientifically we know that eventually it will die trillions and trillions of years from now. So the likelihood of us being the last generation, if you like, if you were to roll, you know, a trillion sided die, it's probably pretty low. Probably super low. I think um, for those people who say that they are Christian mm-hmm. and they don't act Christian, I, I think people use the Christianity as a defense for mm-hmm. just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Or. Posing as a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with my uh, doctor recently, which is always... The conversations you have with doctors are so strange. That's why I don't go to the doctor. That's good. <laughs> and super healthy. Always. And she, we were talking about um, the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. She's Catholic. She's Catholic because she thinks it's important to be a good person. Okay. And to have a foundation for morals. Okay. Um. But that everything else is really just, you know, they're just stories. They're stories to show you how to be a good person and to point you on the right path. I mean, by that logic, you could read Noam Chomsky. Exactly. And be a Chomskyan. And that's that's the logic <laughs> I think more people have nowadays is go to church and be a good person. The stories of Jesus were stories to teach you what to do and what not to do. Yeah. The apostles, my doctor thinks the apostles were all schizophrenics. Um, so she's taking the... Uh... The second L there, right? Yeah. Liar in, in C.S. Lewis's liar, lunatic, or lord theory. Yeah. All uh, of them were insane together. Yep. It's a, it's a take. It's the wrong take, but All it's a take. All like 10,000 of Jesus' followers. Yeah. And just insane. But I think that's happening more often, that people are just truly being a part of a church to... Um, be good people. Mm-hmm. You don't need a church to be a good person, people. It's probably better that you don't need a church to be a good person because right. there's a lot of places they don't have church and they still have good people. Yeah. And I, I think I, I think um, my cousin lives in the South. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing that she has noticed. Um, and I have a, tons of friends who live down South. And one of my friends who lives lived in Georgia for a really long time and now lives in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um so that she finds that a lot of people um, use their Christian identity as a facade to show, you know, 
how good of a person they are on the outside, but then like right behind your back, they'll be gossiping and all right. this stuff. And like, if you don't go to church on Sundays, then you must be the spawn of Satan. And I think it happens a lot still in our mm-hmm. nation that you have to be a Christian to be a good American. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was the, the major reason why Obama couldn't be president because he was a Muslim. Why do you think that they would say that if it wasn't right. just to say, hey, Christians, this guy is different from you, therefore bad. And he wasn't Muslim. No. Not even a little bit, friends. People. I think if you're going to use your Christian identity to hide your true self, I think I would focus more on the where your soul may end up rather than yes. what your ultimate face looks like out on the street Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so if you had to choose not to be catholic yeah say the catholic church wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. what would you be i'd be orthodox really why because the only other church where i felt any semblance of this is this is a a church was in, in the orthodox church that i used to give blood at all the time okay no i would agree with that i'd probably become orthodox as well my friend, the Orthodox... What are they? Pastors? I don't even know. I think he introduced himself as pastor. I think they're priests. He might be like a priest, but he he said like, I'm the pastor of this church, was what he told oh, me. Oh, well, yeah. But I, I don't... It's the same thing as priests are pastors. Right. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to... I, I was really like even considering um, pseudo-converting or at least attending Mass there. Mass? Service? I think it's still called Mass. I don't know. <laughs> pretty sure it's still called mass evidently i need to educate myself more about the church that i would theoretically <laughs> to convert to but um yeah he was cool he had an adopted son with down syndrome oh awesome. and they all donated blood together and that was the time that i always went and donated blood because it was right on my way to work like literally half my way from work so i would just pull in there on the way and uh it would be the three of us and we would race to give blood <laughs> we could see who could bleed out quickly. It was then. literally the thing, right? And, and every time, I can't remember his name, I think it was Andrew, maybe? Um, the the kid. Not kid, he was probably in his 20s. Um, but he would get up and be like, 16 minutes. Beat that. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. No, I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know if any of the Protestant religions make sense to me. I think that the original issues Martin Luther had with the church have been skewed and that's the thing so when martin luther everyone says like okay martin luther was this guy who went against everything and nailed this list of complaints to the wall that's literally what you did back then right when you wanted to have open forum debate you would nail your debate topics to the wall and then stand on your soapbox and wait for people to come hang yeah he nailed a different list on the wall the week before but this list <laughs> was just the list that got popular so, like, he wasn't looking to create a new church. He was just looking to have a conversation about some things that he didn't necessarily agree with the Catholic Church. I could nail a list to my church's wall and have these same kinds of conversations with people. You could do it without nailing anything I to could. the wall. I could, but, like, this was, That's what know, Reddit's for. I could use the, uh... Well, <laughs> maybe not Reddit. <laughs> um, I could use the corkboard and say, here's my complaints about the Catholic Church. Let's talk about it, right? Right. Um, and we even have venues where we can do that stuff. We have discussion groups that say, you know, let's discuss something. Mm-hmm. I, I could, you know, go and write uh, a discussion about my personal gripes with Catholic Church or whatever. Sure. 
So I, I don't really think that, I think that the entire foundation of Protestantism is really flawed. And it's been made into this fantastical story of like the one man against the Catholic Church mm-hmm. 500 years ago when they were they were selling indulgences and this and that, the other thing. And he was the one man who said this was crazy. Meanwhile, they forget that like Dante existed. <laughs> Well, Dante was quite a while before. Yeah, but like these complaints have existed forever is my point. Martin Luther wasn't the one guy who stood up and said no. He was just a guy who stood up and said no, and they built a religion around it. Yeah, And some of Martin Luther's biggest um, positives about the church, Lutherans don't hold to anymore. I mean, Martin Luther was super um, devout and honored Mary to a Mm -hmm. great extent and thought that Mary was everything that Mary is. Right. And now my Lutheran friends look at me like when I talk about how I'm like devoted myself to Christ through Mary as like this crazy person. Like, well, you pray to you pray to Mary. Like you can only pray to Jesus. I'm like, no, I don't pray to Mary. I ask her to pray for me. There's a difference, people. Yeah. And you used to do it too. And I think <laughs> I I just I think something's been lost, and I want that to come back into the fold There's because it's not a lot unheard that's of. Been lost in translation. Well, and that's what I. I have a lot of um, Protestant friends who are super understanding and good mm-hmm. and um, oh, yeah, me too. wanting to know more about why I'm Catholic. And I want to know more about why they're Protestant and what they do and what they believe and how they find beauty and goodness and sacredness there. But to me, I go to a Protestant service and I don't find beauty and I don't find sacredness. I find goodness there, yeah. but I don't find the beauty and sacredness and the holiness that I find mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church. Because without the Eucharist, what's the point? Right. I mean, praising God's a good thing, but why are we gathering? Like, why Sundays? You know, because. why? Why are you using a symbol? Why? I don't. I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. No, I agree. I agree completely. So, so our Protestant friends, let us know what you think because we'd love yes. to learn more about you. We'd love to hear from you um, and figure out why you think what you think. Yeah. And talk to us about what we think, because we have some ideas sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that it's the difference between fundamentalism and extremism, right? So I think that some people would call the Catholic Church an extreme church because of some of the teachings and some of the rules and whatever, right? That's their opinion. Um, I think that it's wrong because I think that the Catholics are just the fundamentalists, right? So we go all the way back and we say, what is the truth? And we spend a lot of time interpreting those things with people who are far smarter than I am to pick out every word and pick each word carefully. And then when we mess it up, we usually go back and fix it. Like that's what we did, you know, what was it, 10 years ago now? Mm -hmm. When we changed the English prayers. Because we wanted them to be more accurate. Correct. That these are the, the strives that we make. And we take a lot of time making those decisions. Whereas like... Um, I think that some people can just go out and start a, a new Protestant church tomorrow with, yeah. you know, God help us, please. Amen. And I, I think... Pass out the cookies, which are now the body of Christ. The body of Christ is Oreos and the blood is grape juice. That's a problem. <laughs> um, I agree. I, I think we actually see extremism in more of our other denominations than we do in... Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that stems from because Catholics know. Mm-hmm. Not all Catholics. There are plenty of Catholics who are Catholics strictly because 
It's the way they were raised. And right. It's the way they've grown up. We kind of talked about that last episode. Mm-hmm. But if you are truly a Catholic and you're trying to practice the faith and you're trying to be holy and you're striving for heaven, I think you know the boundaries that we set. And I think yeah. you can understand and appreciate the church's rules are not rules so that you have to abide by A, B, and C or else you're going to hell, but they're guidelines so that your soul is safe. Yeah. It's how to live a moral life. Yeah. How to be safe. Mm-hmm. From eternal damnation. But even fire. just, I mean, even in some of the things, <laughs> some of the things the church teaches on has nothing to do with eternal, eternal damnation. Right. Some of it is just, how do you protect your soul while mm-hmm. you're living in this world? Right. And I, I don't think our other Christian denominations do that. I don't think they teach how to protect your soul. I don't think they teach you about, I mean, we have so much goodness in our traditions. Like the fact that we were raised knowing that we have a guardian angel. Right. That's super cool. It's something I don't think about it hardly enough. No. Like the fact that there's an angel who's only for me since the time I was conceived to protect me in battle for me. Right. It's something I don't think about until it comes up. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing. It, it is really and cool. by the time this podcast is over, I'm going to go back into complacency and completely forget that's a thing. And I think that's the role that they have is that they, they don't want to be thought of Right. Too they often. hang out in the background yeah. and they, they're just holy warriors. But they are. And they're doing battle for us all the Pump time. the sabaton. And like, what? <laughs> Sabaton. You know Sabaton? A Catholic progressive metal band? Or maybe hard metal? I don't know. Metal distinctions are different. I can do punk distinctions all day. How often do I listen to metal? If there's metal you'll like, it's Sabaton. I don't know about that. It's amazing. Two minute tangent. Sabaton. Basically, uh, they're, they're, all the music is founded in Catholicism. And each album typically, is based on a war or a battle, right? So, like, their current album is about World War One. Okay. So all of the songs take place in, like, the setting of World War One, whether it's, like, in the trenches or in the specific battle. Okay. Or things like that. And then it's all, all the music is, like, just this super, like, triumphant God is coming to kill the Axes and save the Allies, and it's amazing. Now, doesn't metal have a lot of screaming? No, it's not. It's not a very scream. No, so some metal definitely can. Okay, like a lot of the core, like death core, metal okay. core, has a lot more screaming. This is just um, like metal as a genre is more like just you know riffing guitars, heavy long bass, double bass stuff like that. Okay, is usually where metal gets defined as a general term. It's when you get into the specific subgenres. One day we should do a podcast all about the genres of music you know. Oh, we'd be here all day. That was like my favorite class in college was my uh, history of rock and roll class. Oh my goodness. Because literally everything you listen to is rock and roll today. Whether it's Taylor Swift or Michael Jackson. Or Demi Lovato. Or Demi Lovato. It's all rock. I love Demi Lovato. It all goes right back to rock. And before rock, it was, you know, some combination of uh, Louisiana bluegrass stuff and... What? Jazz. Jazz. Well, yeah, that all it all comes back from Louisiana. Oh. So it, it, basically all modern music started in Louisiana. Interesting. Because Louisiana was where um, you had a lot of like the Cajun music and you had a lot of the slave music and then you had a lot of like French music and European music coming in and people would just play in the streets together. Kind of like everything was once Catholic interesting and then i'm trying to bring it back no it's good (laughs) but i thought it was pretty good it is good 
So yeah, there one at one time everything was Catholic, and then it splintered. Just like at one time, everything was Cajun street music. See, what I always find interesting is for those of you who don't know, Catholic just means universal. Yeah. Um, if you ever go to a Lutheran service, they say the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. and they use the term "we are we believe in one holy Catholic." apostolic uh-huh. church but they mean little c catholic as in universal yeah and i asked my uncle church. about it once and he's like i've never noticed that because he's very much like anti-catholic oh and which is weird because he grew up catholic um is he irish yes explain that one um i don't know northern irish tell him next time um i think we're from northern ireland i'd have to double check oh, that's unfortunate uh, i don't remember where we're from I'm for a unified Ireland. I know you are. That can be another episode when we talk about Irish demographics. Kick those limey Brits out. <laughs> They're not there anymore. They are absolutely there. All of Northern Ireland is occupied militarily. Well, to be fair, everywhere is occupied militarily by the U.S. I wouldn't say occupied. We occupy a portion of land on every country, we, basically. So, yes, we exist in a portion of land, but that, there's also diplomatic reasons for that. This isn't a diplomatic thing. This is a Britain took the land 800 years ago and kept it, and now we've just accepted it as law. We'll talk about Ireland and Irish history another day. And we'd love for you guys to let us know what else you want us to talk yes, about. Yes, please do. If you don't want to hear about the Troubles, because from two Americans... <laughs> Who one of them knows nothing about. One of them's about to learn a lot about <laughs> That's all that matters. So we're going to do some of our upcoming episodes. We're going to talk about... The historicity of Christ. Yep. Matt's going to teach me all about that. It'll be fun. Because I don't know what he's talking about. Um, like, I know that Jesus was a real life person. Yeah, but do you? And how do you know? Because there's proof. What proof? I don't know off the top of my head. Do you know it all? I'm sure I should. But do you? So, like, the historicity of Christ goes into, like, you know, um, how reliable are the words of the Bible as historical fact, right? Okay. As the writings of a historian. Um, not very, it turns out. Like, if you look at it from a purely secular view, the Bible is not a super reliable historical document because there's, um, a lot of influence that was taken from, um, different, so, like, one gospel took a lot of influence from another gospel, right? right? Stuff like that, because it was written down a while after Jesus died, between 80 and 120 years after Jesus died. Um, and then with that, there comes a lot of problems of, well, if we can't trust the gospels, then we can't trust most of the New Testament for similar reasons was because these were just kind of passed down stories okay. and there's no firsthand accounts. So then you need to go and find firsthand accounts and there's um, plenty. Of, yes, that exactly. See, how, how did you know that? I know. I know something. I'm not saying that you wouldn't know. It's, just, <laughs> it's kind of surprising. Okay. But yeah, um, there are historical examples where like uh, a Roman historian wrote down, there's this guy, Jesus, making a mess. <laughs> Go fix Go it. Go fix it. So that's one of our episodes we're going to be talking about next. And then we're also going to be talking about, soon, um, catechesis and families. Yes. We're going to talk about um, Mary and our relationship with her and what's that like and what that is that all about. Um, and we're going to talk about some other weird things that come up in the Catholic Church, like exorcisms and guardian angels and demons and angels in general and... All yes. that fun stuff. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons is basically where we're going, folks. I can't wait. So, anything else? Hit us up. For, oh, and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast, 
music genres. That will be a short podcast, friends. It doesn't have to. I mean, I feel like it could actually be a really good podcast. Like, you spend each one going into a subgenre of a subgenre of a genre, right? So, like, we could do one on, you know, 80s hardcore punk. And then we could do one on second wave hardcore punk. And then we could do one on third wave hardcore punk. And we're not even out of hardcore punk, let alone the hundreds upon hundreds of other genres. And then we could, you know, kind of follow their lineage back. We probably want to start at the beginning and work our way down. So, you know, I think I've still got my textbooks from that class. We should do that podcast. Matt's going to work on it. So stay tuned for our other podcast, uh, Genre to be Determined. Coming up. History Episode of Rock and Roll. 10 or on. We need to think of a name. We'll work on it. Comment what you, we should name our music podcast. We should do an episode on literature one day. Okay. Like some like good like. Like, we can talk Lord of the Rings, we could talk C.S. Lewis, we could talk basically Lord of the Rings and C.S. Lewis. Yeah, Lord of the Rings and C.S. Lewis. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Hunger Games. Hunger Games, the the strong Catholic fiction. Yep. Hunger Games. Yep. Um, it's all about the mass, people. Gotta- I'm Matt, this is Tori, this has been Salt the Earth Podcast number four. 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 We are firm four. Firm.